0: Episode of Parminio for the modern day Chief of Staff. On this episode, it's all about driving the operating rhythm or cadence of the organization. What's the Chief of Staff's role and how do they effectively do it? What tools, what skill sets are needed, and what are used to drive the operating cycle and cadence? Um, in alignment with the CEO's philosophy. That's what this episode is all about. Before we get into it, um, we just want to touch on a couple of things. Number one, we want to just touch on decisiveness, high level briefly again, how that relates to effective uh, CEO behaviors, how that relates to uh, a CEO's decision-making style like Jeff Bezos, What that means for an organization in terms of putting that into play then, right? Um, What does that mean in terms of the speed of an organization or what the trends are that are happening in the world of commerce and markets and why it's important for an organization to have a specific focus on this. And then third, how we translate decisiveness in the CEO's uh, decision-making style into the operating rhythm and tempo of the organization and how it's run and what the chief of staff's role is in driving that forward and then specific mechanisms skills and tool sets that they can use to effectively drive the operating rhythm of the organization and then some key outputs of that which you want to be doing as a a philosophical effect on behaviors in the organization. Okay, so first of all, we on our last podcast which was about uh, CEO decision-making style, you may want to listen to it if you haven't because it's a good precursor to this. We talked about decisiveness and it's basically the definition is it's making decisions with, with less than full information and under uncertainty. Um, And then what we talked about was the idea that being decisive is one of the most critical attributes of successful CEOs. Work that has come out of other research, the CEO Genome Project in particular, identifies decisiveness as one of the top, if not the top, attributes of a successful CEO. Um, The top four attributes, just as a reminder, were decisiveness, engaging for impact, which means um, aligning and inspiring and motivating people to all be aligned with the direction of the organization and where they're going as the CES podcast. Decisiveness gets into the CEO's decision-making style. And that's kind of a philosophy, and it also is uh, specific behaviors and actions that the CEO models and demonstrates. We talked about Jeff Bezos. He's a good example to use um, because of the specific philosophy of Amazon. It's a good case study that illustrates um, how effective a strong decision-making style and philosophy um, can be on the organization. And how it affects speed and agility Um, so Bezos his core philosophies are at a high level 70% of the information that's all we need we don't need to unearth everything to make decisions we can disagree about things but once we agree to move forward we all commit even if it's me Bezos not necessarily agreeing with the decision other people in the room that we're talking about something or strongly say we need to go forward I'll go forward Bezos and I'll commit I'm not gonna hold back once we go forward we all commit um, that's obviously a key trait in being successful right um, and the third factor uh, or item that Bezos uh, puts forward is escalate and decide which means if a group of people at lower levels can't decide on something or even on Jeff's team can't decide on something. Escalate up to the next level and have a decision made um, so that we're not uh, sitting there under a cloud of uncertainty. We're not letting stress strike. We're moving in a direction, progress is being attained. Those are strong philosophical and psychological mechanisms at play, which we talked about on on the last podcast on why uh, decisiveness is so important. Okay. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, Bezos says is that speed matters. Moving quickly matters in in an organization and in business and in commerce. And he says, you know, plus by the way, having a high velocity decision making environment is more fun. It is more fun. Let's move. Let's make decisions. Let's make things happen. Um, sets up the organization to move at a pace that not everybody can move at, of course, right? Just just touching on that where Bezos talks about um, speed is important, speed does matter. Um, In the day and age that we have now, information moves around instantaneously, information about markets, competitors, regulatory actions, political factors that all impact business and strategy are known um, instantaneously and there is thus a greater need for faster decision making in organizations to keep up. Um, A quick example that illustrates this is on the average life of a company in the S&P 500. In 1965, the average life was 33 years. In 1990, it was 20 years and it's predicted that by 2026, the average life will be 14 years. So basically more than cut in half since 1965. I would argue uh, that this projection of 14 years in 2026 uh, might be conservative, might be even lower. Basically, what's happening is that business cycles are condensing. Speed is getting faster and organizations are um, usurped if you will or cut out of markets quicker and faster there's a greater ability for smart technology driven led companies to displace older slowing moving companies we all know this and so part of moving fast is having a effective strong decision-making philosophy and approach in an organization and Bezos's uh, notions and ideas are very powerful for moving Amazon that way and thus we can see in the market the results that Amazon is able to bring to bear. It's said that Amazon put their prime loyalty uh, program into place in 111 days. That's how long it took them once they decided to get going on it to do it. They move very quickly um, and they can strike in markets much quicker than other organizations. They're more nimble, they're more adaptable, they're more agile. Do they make mistakes? Yes, we've seen them. But moving quickly has distinct advantages and having a strong decision-making bias and being decisive is important uh, more so now more than ever. Okay, so we know by uh, Bezos' high-level philosophy, we then talk about um, what that means from a decision-making style. There's four basic elements of the CEO decision-making style that we can kind of uh, talk about. Their overall philosophy, which you know, Bezos has, and then we can get into the details around how does a CEO give guidance and directions? What's, where, where's the record of their decision? Where's the record of anybody's decision? How is it spread? How is it transformed and transferred through the organization? Knowing how this is done in your organization as the chief of staff will allow you to tighten up the ship. Where are things leaking through? How do we put processes in place to fix them? And how do we move forward? If the CEO likes to give directions and guidance by doing drive-bys, um, you know, walkthroughs, gives issues and commands, it's possible that things are missing (laughs) and so understanding the nature of how the CEO behaves is important. Um, Second, what are the CEO's interactions with staff like? Do they go through the COS? Do they have staff meetings? What's the combination? Understanding how they like to have interactions with staff is important for you in understanding how that plays into the operating rhythm and cadence and cycle of the organization. What information specifically is needed? Um, so Bezos says, yeah, we only need 70% of the information to make a decision, um, but what is that 70%? On acquisitions, what is that 70% on new products, on new markets, on resource allocation, new headquarters? Obviously, each one of those has different dynamics and different informational needs. Some are more important than others, right? Okay, so um, as a chief of staff and you're wanting to understand what the CEO's decision-making style is, it requires some work and some unearthing of that and spending time with them, shadowing them, using specific observational skills will help you to uh, create what we call a strong shared understanding of the CEO's decision-making style a lot quicker. And if you have a deep shared understanding of the CEO's decision-making style, it's going to allow you to much more effectively drive, synchronize, integrate, and filter the operating rhythm and cadence of the organization, um, and then finally back to decision-making style. So we have guidance and directions. How the CEO interacts with staff. What is the information that they need like, and how is it communicated? Um, is it communicated through memo? In verbally? Do they like a specific bullet format of the top three informational decision cra- basing bases? What is it that they like, and how do they like to have information? If you know all these things, it obviously it helps you to drive the decision-making style uh, and the operating cadence, because you can spot things and see things that are going on that either need to be escalated, if you're using Bezo- Bezos' model, or brought to a decision because there's enough information. Um, you might have people in the organization who feel they don't have enough information ready to bring to Bezos for a decision. Well, as the uh, person who's operating as an effective proxy of the CEO and who has a strong shared understanding of the CEO's philosophy and decision-making style, you can then force those decisions to be escalated and brought up to Bezos. Obviously, the idea at the end of the day is that the philosophy of CEO in the decision-making style that they want to cast as a shadow over the organization that's absorbed and implement, implemented, you want it fully absorbed into the organization so that everybody's behavior um, replicates the decision-making style, right? So everybody's going in the same direction. Um, but obviously in all organizations, there's going to be issues. There's human um, there's emotions involved and all kinds of things going on. And so as your objective in driving the operating style and operating philosophy, you're looking to create discipline around this to keep it moving forward. Um, Same way is the uh, chief of staff acts as the role of, quote unquote, the gatekeeper. Well, why? What's the role of the gatekeeper? It's not simply to put a stiff arm out and keep people from seeing or talking to the CEO, because if that happens, um, and history has demonstrated that it will be um, received negatively by people, that the chief of staff is just being a blocker, right? Being a gatekeeper is um, serves the idea of filtering, right? If you know people perhaps want to meet with the CEO next week um, because you've reviewed the schedule and you're on, you know what the schedule is going on, and you, because of the work you've done, know that they're not at a point to have a decision made because they lack the critical pieces of information. Then, instead of having them come to the CEO, you engage in a conversation with them and say, "Hey, here's kind of the informational needs that um, Bezos, in this e- example, is going to need for this decision." Um, and so we're we're kind of lacking a couple things do you think we'll have it by next week if not let's let's move that i'll meet with you guys instead go over what you have and then meet with him the week later or if you feel that you can't get it you don't have enough let's escalate it but be prepared for that conversation too in this manner you're working as uh, as the proxy because you have a very strong un- shared understanding of uh, Bezos' decision making style and you can stand in for him and speak for him and you're also working as a gatekeeper uh, role in trying to filter things out The CEO has a very busy schedule everybody wants their time part of the chief of staff's role is in steering that schedule to things that are gonna have the biggest impact on the organization. Um, You have to be selfish a little bit there Okay, so what we want to do as the Chief of Staff now is take the decision-making style and philosophy and use that to align the operating rhythm and cadence of the organization. Now, if you're just starting in the role of a Chief of Staff and the CEO's been there for a while, you go into Amazon, um, obviously you're not going to reshape the operating rhythm and cadence. What you want to do in that situation is learn um, Bezos' decision-making style, absorb it, so that you can create a strong shared understanding. Obviously, use different skill sets that we're gonna talk about to master the role of proxy, and then do everything that you can to drive the operating rhythm and cadence uh, to align with Jeff's wishes. Doesn't mean that over time, you can't have greater mastery over things and suggest things to Jeff that will optimize the operating rhythm and cadence even further, obviously it can. The more Jeff trusts you, the more Jeff will listen to your ideas and advice about changes. Um, So obviously, step one in any role of a chief of staff is to build a strong foundation of trust, in this case with Bezos. without trust with Bezos, you will never be able to effectively um, lead the operating rhythm and drive the tempo of the organization. Okay? Alright, so now let's get into the operating rhythm here a little bit more deeply. When we talk about operating rhythm, what exactly does that mean? Um, It's basically a series of inputs, which are information, uh, meetings, um, conversations with people about business issues that are going on, and outputs, decisions, and then the following actions, and then assessing those actions um, so adjustments could be made. So it's a series in a cycle of inputs and outputs. You get information in, information in meetings, um, decisions are made, actions are implemented, Um, those implementations are observed and over time adjusted and a new decision is made. That's the sequence of steps when we call the operating rhythm um, and cadence of the organization. So when we look at uh, an organization like Jeff, Jeff Bezos will participate in a series of meetings and some of those meetings will be simply informational. Some of them will have a decision basis to it. Jeff will be getting information on financial and performance metrics, and some of those will simply be reporting, and some of those will have a decision basis to them. The role of the Chief of Staff, the core role, there are other roles, of course, that intertwine with this, is to optimize, synchronize, integrate, and filter the decision-making cycle through the operating rhythm. So we go at the pace and tempo that in this case Bezos has desired. Alright? And so the Chief of Staff has a number of specific um, practice areas or skill sets that allow the chief of staff to synchronize, integrate and filter the operating rhythm, right? Let's just go through those. So first, number one is the ability to be a proxy. Proxy means that I can speak in the voice, I can write in the voice of Bezos. I have a very strong shared understanding of Bezos' decision-making style why Jeff makes the decisions that he does with what the information that he has and needs and what the implications of that are. I would understand when Jeff thinks things need to be escalated. I would understand when Jeff thinks things need to be um, decided upon. I have a very strong shared understanding of how he thinks about decisions, about leadership, about moving the organization in the right direction about how he wants to be perceived by people in the organization as a leader. And I work to role model those things. As I'm working through the ability to be a proxy, I can have specific um, skills and actions I can take to master the role of proxy. Uh, I'm gonna come back to that. Um, Secondly, after proxy is projects and processes. I, as the chief of staff, have a very good understanding of what projects and processes are important that drive the things that are most important to Bezos, the goals and objectives, high level of the organization. I can manage projects and processes. I can observe them and I can diagnose them for issues and problems so that I can work through them and with the people on them to help drive those to resolution. So again, um, moving information in, uh, outputs out. Inputs, outputs. If there's a project that is of extreme importance, um, that's critical to achieving objectives, and it is faltering, why? Is it because the project doesn't have enough top management support? Is it because the team doesn't have adequate training? These are all things that I want to know. So, um, as I'm looking at projects and processes, if I have a very strong project management and goal setting um, background and understanding of what's important to to drive projects successfully, I can drive them, I can diagnose them, I can help keep them moving, I can help escalate things as needed. There's a project, it's not being, uh, it's getting behind schedule, perhaps there hasn't been enough top management support on it. I see that, I talk to and have a conversation with the senior staff member that I think could provide that top management support and together we go do it. So having a strong understanding of goal-setting theory and what's important to drive goals, project management, uh, process execution, allows the chief of staff, again, to extend the, um, the philosophy, the shadow that the CEO cast over the organization to keep things moving, the operating rhythm, the tempo. So we got proxy as a as a practice area got projects and process as a practice area we have scheduling again scheduling is a very important role Um, the chief of staff has a mastery over scheduling i mean scheduling yes scheduling what can i do with scheduling Um, i can see and understand what's on jeff's schedule and what's on my schedule I can anticipate and look for opportunities where I think it would be better um, where I serve as proxy for him on a specific thing and I suggest that. Doesn't mean Jeff will agree with me, but I'm gonna suggest it I'm gonna have reasons why. I can look for opportunities to pre-brief Jeff on specific meetings on his schedule where I can save him time because I have specific information about that. I'm working to create a more effective uh, CEO by having mastery over their schedule, my schedule, and anticipating things. If I'm just starting in the role of Chief of Staff for Bezos, which I'm not by the way, but would be interesting, um, we can have a conversation about shadowing. What are the opportunities for shadowing Jeff so that I can observe and I can model and I can learn from um, Jeff's decision making and philosophies, right? So shadowing is a key part of integrating within the, sh- within the schedule, especially early on in a role. Um, so mastery over scheduling is a critical component and having a strong understanding of the schedule allows the chief of staff to be much more effective. Certainly there are standing meetings such as board of directors, Meetings, staff meetings, what's the chief of staff's role? On the agenda, material preparation, facilitation. If I have strong facilitation skills, um, I'm going to be a much more effective chief of staff, right? So scheduling is important. Um, so we have proxy, projects and process, scheduling, and uh, finally, kind of strategy and advisory. So I have a good understanding of of the strategy of the organization, what the implications of that are, um, how specific strategies and actions are being implemented so that when uh, Jeff or other people in the organization ask for my thoughts and inputs on strategy, I can advise and give my thoughts. I still want to be, quote unquote, what's called an honest broker. Um, I can put in and give my ideas and thoughts on strategy as an advisor but I also want to appear to be an honest broker to the organization so that when people want to see Jeff or talk to Jeff they don't feel that I have a hard line in the sand about something so I'm pushing them out right but being able to advise Jeff when he asks, because I'm very well aware of what the strategy is and what's going on in the market in the industry and competitors, I can then uh, give Jeff and others uh, my thoughts because I'm well-versed on the strategy and what the market implications are. All right, so as I work through and master the ability to be proxy, the ability to drive projects and processes and diagnose them, the ability to have mastery over scheduling, and the ability to have Um, be an advisor on strategy, I can then use all of these tools to effectively drive the operating rhythm and cadence of the organization because I have a very, very strong understanding, a shared understanding, of what Jeff wants. His decision-making style, his philosophy, the temple that he wants to drive the organization at. a couple of specific things I want to do as Chief of Staff to make the operating rhythm um, drive efficiently and at the cadence and decisions that we want um, is, number one, um, what we want to do is put push decisions out to the edges, to the edges of where they should be make, being made. Um, the CEO should be making decisions that pertain to the domain of the CEO. Unless, in Bezos' case, they're escalated, right? But pushing decisions out also requires empowerment and trust. And so that means behaving in ways and training people and giving them the tools to make decisions. Pushing the decisions out to the edges will eventually allow the operation, the organization, to be more agile and nimble and adaptable. So that's, that's a, a, a key point um, that we want to be looking at doing. Second is that the CEO makes decisions that are in their domain. If decisions are being pushed up to Jeff that should be made, being made at lower levels and it's a continuous uh, problem, then that's an issue that needs to be addressed. And that should be addressed either Jeff in Jeff by himself or in tandem with the chief of staff to enforce that. Third, is forcing decisions that are aligned with the philosophy of the organization we talked about jeff's high level philosophy that's the philosophy we want embedded within the organization that's what we want to be driving for the chief of staff working as the proxy um, to the ceo understands these concepts and then is allowed but because they know this to increase the shadow um, that is cast by the CEO over the organization. That's what we call, or you hear in the parlance, the force multiplier effect. If you want to be a force multiplier, you have to be able to operate effectively as a proxy, right? And then that requires a strong shared understanding of the CEO's decision-making style and philosophy, not just on decisions, but on all things that are important, the major things that are important. Leadership, being open and accessible. Um, You want to be able to model those behaviors that Bezos, in this case, thinks are important. Okay, so there we have it. Um, We've talked about the decision-making style, why it's so important. We've talked about um, the speed at which markets are moving. They're moving faster than ever, and why it's so important to keep this decision cycle moving at the pace that the CEO wants, maybe even faster. You come into an organization, uh, you have your stuff together as chief of staff. you see things that um, you know are not effective. That requires you to be an open and honest broker with the CEO and say, there's things we need to do here to keep this thing organization the top operating tempo moving faster We're not moving fast enough to make decisions and be nimble and adaptable in the market That may be a conversation that you have to have Okay, we talked about the lifespan of S&P 500 companies getting lower and lower markets and uh, Businesses and commerce is moving faster and faster. The need to make decisions, be nimble, be adaptable, uh, is, is condensing. Thus, we have the chief of staff role in the operating cycle of the business, the temple, the operating rhythm. How the CEO, uh, the chief of staff rather, uses specific practice areas and skill sets being a proxy, understanding how to drive and diagnose projects and processes, mastering of schedule and how effectively use of that helps the chief of staff and the CEO um, to drive the decision-making cycle of the organization, and then the uh, skills of being an advisor and strategy and how that plays into it. And some key points from all that is that Uh, The Chief of Staff wants to push and have a philosophy to push decisions out to the edges so the organization is more nimble and adaptable, agile. Um, Having the CEO make decisions that are in their domain and trying to enforce um, strictness over that and forcing decisions um, that aren't being made um, to be made that align with the philosophy of the organization. All of those things will help the Chief of Staff drive the operating rhythm and cadence in alignment with the CEO's wishes. All right, so uh, thank you once again. We appreciate that you listening to um, the podcast. If you have any questions, you can now, or if you want to be uh, interviewed and you're a chief of staff um, or a former chief of staff, we would love to have you on the program. We're going to be doing interviews with chiefs of staff coming up. Please visit Parminio.co uh, P A R M E N I O dot C O. Um, and there's a contact form. Please contact us. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Or you can uh, send me an email, Glenn, G L E N N, at Parminio dot co. All right. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Parminio.